time. Welcome in to the NG Podcast. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for joining us. Love you guys. A little bit different of a setup here. Yeah. Last week was a little uncomfortable. And again, <laughs> we appreciate uh, you guys sending in your comments. We've got them live right here. Uh, mm-hmm. So if again, if you guys hear anything weird, just let us know. Uh, we'll adjust on the fly. We got Manny back there on the Manny cam running the mothership. Uh, good to have you guys with us uh, today. Um, rainy yes. day. Rainy and cold he's day. He's from Spider-Man. He's our man in the chair. He, oh, oh, he's the man. He's in the, the chair. man in the chair. Yes. That's right, man. I think, he, I think he looks a lot better than the guy on. <laughs> anyways, yeah, no, like not to put that guy down if he's watching this. I don't know if he no, would be at all. Well, maybe, great acting. Maybe. Hey, if you are watching this man that plays man in the chair on Spider-Man or Death Star, I'm sure you're a great person. Um, And yeah, anyways, we're going to move on from that. <laughs> uh, So, hey, uh, good week. So far, pretty good. Good week. Great turnout last night for youth. And yeah. Had a good call, uh, altered call, finishing response, or whatever you might uh, call that in our series with Joshua. But yeah. it was really good. Landing really that plane good. next week. Good lesson, too. And then we got it. Oh, thanks. Appreciate uh-huh. that. It's straight from God. Straight. I was actually just talking. <laughs> I was talking. No, I was serious. I was talking to Caitlin. And I just said, like, when we talk, uh, literally, the thought of us being uh, Aiken came to my mind while I was teaching and i love that uh, because that's like god kind of nudging me you know mm-hmm. and so i know that that was straight from him and which is what makes it awesome so and um, we've got a rainy day it is today rainy. rainy and cold weather um so cold weather outside is frightful remember about this time last year is when we had the snow apocalypse i don't know if you remember oh really we came to your that's house crazy. it was about this time last year so praying that that yeah, happens like 14 inches uh, yeah and i still crazy. i still wore flip-flops you know yes you That's did because i don't do anything you trek from the church parking lot and flip-flops. Yeah, yeah i did <laughs> so i don't do anything else and, yeah mm-hmm. but uh but yeah so good to see you we got uh, so we got uh, we got some small talk i, I want to talk to you today mm. because uh we got a graphic for you from season. the pour over by the way if if you haven't already go hop over to instagram or whatever uh the pour over news um at the pour over news go follow them it's a great uh, resource for christians uh, and, and for news and stuff like that but uh they i they let us know that it is burrito season burritos um yes it is burrito season this is apparently the time of, which is kind Shock. of ironic to me because you know you have people that have their new year's resolutions right they've got their new year's yeah. resolution. i'm gonna get in the gym and then they're like <laughs> yeah, I give, the up, give me a burrito <laughs> like maybe it's opposite of wellness of fitness people, yeah people make it about two weeks they're like give me the burrito uh and you know if that's you well stay with it you know i don't know what to tell you but i love burritos i love burritos um, yeah so about pretty much all the time I'll say like 85% of the time I go to a Mexican restaurant, I order a burrito. Yeah, it's a way to contain your food. They're perfect when you're driving, you know. It right? is. Uh, they're good. Uh, it's a it's wet a, or dry burrito. It's a way to learn. Well, if you're driving, you don't want a wet. You, <laughs> you don't, don't want, want sauce on burrito. your burrito if you're 100%. driving. <laughs> That'd be awkward. Like, hand me an apple. Officer, my uh, bit on the car. Uh, see what happened was, but uh, no. Who? Here's my question. Obviously, when you say burrito, who do you think of? No, okay. okay. <laughs> you think no. of you think of Chipotle, right? Like, like yeah. most of the time, even that graphic, like, when like you think burrito, you think most Chipotle. Value, but big but here's my question: fast like, food. when you think burrito. of your whole life mm. in, in its longevity, mm. the 21 years that you've had, mm. um, what what's the best burrito? Best like, who burrito has the best burrito? And if it is had. Chipotle, then hey, uh, you got to get some culture in your skin. But okay, best burritos, like who has them? Who do you best think? Best burrito. Now, I'm not can I go spot. on like the the spot of like? Does it have to be like traditional Mexican style burrito, or am I can I go into like the breakfast burrito realm? Because oh, I'm no, a yeah, huge breakfast burrito fan. Okay, yeah, that's the best way to have breakfast, in my opinion. I it's love it. Well I would say too. like the hands down absolute most insanity bomb, huge portion as well 
is Manny's breakfast burrito. Not that Manny. Not the Manny camp. No, Manny's yeah. restaurant in Victorville. Okay. Like, we're, well, we're, we're that supporting local. Breakfast like burrito is and I've had insane. That. Well, and I've had that burrito. And here's the thing: you go into a food coma for like three days after, but um, it's like I feel like <laughs> worth it. <laughs> okay. Well, the first time that you told me about that burrito, I ordered one, and I was like, "That thing's tiny." And you were like, "Brother." That, mm. that would sink to the bottom. Like it is small, but it is mighty. It, it is, is mighty. They pack it in there. Yeah, it's mighty. Uh, so just be aware that it's dense uh, mm-hmm. and it is delicious. And I don't... cannot eat one in one sitting. Well, I have, but uh, but you <laughs> but you don't you don't, you don't have to uh, uh, you don't have to eat for three days. Uh, no. after that burrito, best burrito, man, that's tough. It is so. Tough. I mean, I love me some breakfast burritos. Okay, I got I to gotta say this, and it's it's from a place called The Red Rooster. And so our students, we went out to Mead. This is a shout-out for, for Grandview out there in Mead. Out in Mead, Colorado, we went to the, on a mission trip out there, helped out Grandview. They have a place called The Red Rooster, mm-hmm. and they have a breakfast burrito. And you talked about wet burritos. If you don't know what that means, it means you get sauce on top. But this is not just a wet burrito. This is an amazing breakfast burrito. But then they cover it with what's called pork green chili. And I have not found pork green chili anywhere, anywhere? i've never heard of in that California. so well get outside a little bit uh so if you go to, <laughs> you go to colorado uh it's this saw it's like a green sauce it's got like little like not even little big old chunks of pork in it yeah and they just douse that thing all over the burrito it's probably like forty five thousand calories but it is it, it has to be the best burrito but You're talking like a food coming for three oh, days oh okay. like if if somebody was like you got one meal left, and I think you have a valid heaven. best burrito. You have to have a food come after. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and you can't 100%. do it every day. Otherwise, nope. you'd never wake up. Nope. But, um, but I mean, most of us think of Chipotle, right? When we think mm-hmm. of burritos, you know, we think of Chipotle. If you order a bowl, I'm sorry, I get bowls sometimes, um, but I also, I you know, I go a little crazy and I get I get it double wrapped. But what is your Chipotle order like? We're walking in Chipotle, built and has not a bowl. I know no, we're healthy. I've never ordered a bowl at Chipotle in my well, life. I have. The so. only thing I've ever ordered there is burrito. Okay. Um, and I'll say probably my – I don't even know if they still have it, but last time I went, they had like their slow-cooked brisket. It was fire. Okay. I was like fast food brisket, sketchy, never a big fan. Like obviously it's – Is it fast food? That's what I'm saying. It, well, I'm like, or well, is it slow-cooked brisket if it's fast food is the true no, question. But it's Chipotle fast food. I would say it's in that genre for sure. Like that area. Fresh grill it there. It's like a it's like Pan Express, I guess. Yeah, yeah, but so does it is fast. So anyway, go ahead. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) but I would say (laughs) protein all the way. Like I gotta have either like beef or that brisket. Like I gotta throw some of that in there. That rice, tofu. I'm just Um, kidding. Don't don't eat tofu. It's gross. And then you know I just the the hot their hot sauce is pretty good too. That red sauce. Yes, it all goes a long way though. Yes. Yeah, I don't get that on the outside. Any veggie right inside. No, because that's what food eats. That's what the beef ate before it, I ate okay. it. So in a way, you're scratching that itch, but yeah, okay. it's marked right. off the that's list crazy. for sure. Um, mm-hmm. Okay, so just meat, meat, rice, cheese, um, some black beans in there is fine too. Oh sure, for sure, that adds a little pizzazz. Yeah, yeah I like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that you. Oh, I'm gonna eat healthy. I'm gonna throw some beans. This one's for your mom. Yeah. Throw some Our beans in there. This came out of the earth. They can be. Yeah. Black beans. Yeah, to 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 degree, I think for sure. They kind of, you know, they yeah. have that side of things. Say clear the clear yeah, yeah. the system. Clear the air. Um, my gosh, I'm I'm a double wrapped guy, so I'm I've got to have a good like filling to breading mm. ratio, mm-hmm. you know. And so, um, I'm I'm a double wrapped guy. I get the two tortillas, uh, which Ooh. I know is not good for me if I get a burrito, but then I gotta get chicken. Um, okay. I got I get the chicken, and then uh, brown rice, and I get half and half black and pinto. 
Oh. I know. Boosh. I know. Hey, you know, I uh, I live on the wild side. Wild many, side. Many can say uh, it's dangerous, but I do it. Uh, and then I'll do cheese. Um, why is that funny? <laughs> Manny thinks that's funny. Uh, okay. Uh, and then I do the corn salsa inside, Ooh. the roasted corn salsa. Um, and then I get a side of the red sauce. Side of the red sauce. Because no, I, I like to put it on each bite. Really? Yeah. I just tell them to make sure they go up and down when they put it in. Yeah, I like to put it on each bite. I don't know. It's just, for me, it's fun. I like it. I Unless like I'm it. driving, then and that's dangerous. That's okay. Yeah. But that that's what I think. I think yeah, yeah, that's a great bouncing guy. Caitlin actually has um, my wife, Caitlin, if you don't know, that's my wife's name. Uh, but she has these things that literally slide into the uh, air vents. Oh, I was going to say, does she just your, hold it for you? To hold your sauce like, packets. You're like, babe. She can like put her sauce packets in there. <laughs> um, yeah. Have you ever like mistaken and like tried to dip a burrito and that just went all wrong? No. <laughs> that never crossed my mind. Um, Taco Bell experience yeah. with my bad. Okay. All right. Taco Bell. That's a whole other. That's a whole, that's other... A whole other. That's if. Okay. That's, yeah, we're not I want a burrito right and it's 1 a.m. That's when you that's, go with that. Yeah, that's or the California ball. burrito. With the Paha Blast. That's all the only excuses yeah, well, to go. That's true. Um, I love it. Yeah. You know, that every time Taco I go Bell. to Taco Bell, I get the same thing. Uh, diarrhea. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, but uh, no, I'm just kidding. But. But I asked this, oh. so we're sitting in here, uh, before we went live, so I was sitting true, in here, but I love uh, it. I was, and you can, I mean, comment in, if you guys are listening, comment in with your, uh, with whatever your Chipotle order is, we'll yes. see what that is there, kind of read some interesting things off, or where you think has the best burrito, you kind of let us know, but um, I we were talking about this before, and, and I grew up in California, Yeah. and then I lived out in the Midwest uh, for about seven, eight years. Uh, and that is where I truly discovered, especially in Texas, I truly discovered queso, right? Mm. Queso dip. Uh, and it's 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 like ride or die. Like where you determine has the best queso says a lot about who you are when you live outside of California. But then we came back to California. And I remember Caitlin and I went to La Casita um, and we sat down and we ordered chips and queso. And the guy looked at us like we were from Mars. And we yep. were like, yeah. He's like, so just chips and cheese. I was like, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah. And he comes back and he has a plate of chips with just sprinkled melted <laughs> shredded cheese on it. And I was like, yes. oh, that's right. It's yep. not a Cali thing. No. So um, I know Chipotle offers queso, right? Yeah, never got and it in I my will, life. Yeah, well, and I will say like, if you've never had queso, just venture outside. You discovered this a little bit being on Fuge Staff. Yeah. How important I would say is. the first time I discovered queso was when I went to... Uh, Glorieta in New Mexico with the team first year and we went to like I think it was B dubs or somewhere. Okay. And Hunter was like adamant. Yes. That the the chips and salsa, mm -hmm. he's all where do you guys have queso? And they looked at him funny too. And I was like, he's all queso. He's all like just melted cheese in a bowl. I'm like, what are you what are you talking about no. queso? Well, you talking about like, you, nacho cheese? Like what is yeah. this? Well and you have the white versus yellow queso as well. Like that's a whole argument. Oh. Do you put stuff oh. in the queso? Uh, and so, like, for me, Fuzzy's, Fuzzy's tacos all day long. Well, no. I don't when know. it comes out the cow, That's pretty when sure it comes it's out the cow, Okay. <laughs> we're going to get on that. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, welcome. So it makes you wonder what we're is making it yellow. Cheese today. Uh, no, but the, um, I mean, I would say Fuzzy's tacos. And the Fuzzy's is the guy's nickname. So they're not actually Fuzzy tacos, oh. but they're delicious. Um, their queso is next level. It's so good. But Torchies is another place that a lot of people like. Um, for queso, um, but yeah, like ride or die, like queso. If you've never had it, at Chipotle, I'll like, say, 
I've had like I think the most I've ever had queso is at like parties where people like make the queso dip like itself and then yeah. you have it and like yeah, yeah, yeah. I enjoy queso. Well, I think good. it's good. Yeah. Yeah, it has a place in heaven on the table, but it'll be there. Um but I was just going to say like if you've gone to, if you can go to Chipotle, <laughs> you can go to Chipotle and try some. I can see you. Uh, you can go to Chipotle and try some. Uh that's pretty good, but don't let that be your standard of whether or not you like queso venture outside of i mean even arizona they've got mm, queso like yeah. it's, it's literally a california there's a wall I mean, maybe it's for, yeah i don't know but anyway we have in and out though so they can suck it well so does the rest of the world <laughs> yeah so does the rest of the world now everybody's getting in and i saw oh. people in where was it they waited eight idaho. or something idaho i want to say eight idaho hours. had like a yeah super eight long line. hours eight hours but anyways i wouldn't wait that long that for, sucks, no. for in and out. but that's because i grew up here so that's that's fine well hey um whether or not uh you're uh you're a burrito fan we'd love to hear from you so whether you're watching this live or watching it later comment let us know what your where the best burrito is yeah. maybe we'll bring one next week we'll eat uh we'll while we that's a bad idea um, yeah I'm a, we'll send pictures so whatever we're not bad idea. Um, <laughs> thanks for making that sound that's disgusting yeah, but um but uh but yeah so it's breeding season man it's uh it is the, that time of the year go and support local go check out manny's uh for that burrito go check out la casita or yeah. whatever not that manny on the manny cam like february to not May, him. It's like their prime burrito season I'm just, just I think it's because people funny. give up. They're just like, I can't do this anymore. One month's done. And it's either ice cream or burritos. So uh, yep, burritos one or the is. other. Um, well, hey, uh, so again, like uh, we plugged the pour over. Um, great resource for news, especially from a Christian perspective mm-hmm. where it's not politically infused, politically leaned in any, any direction. It's biblically infused, really. Uh, and so go check them out again. It's at the pour over news. Um, if you follow them on Instagram or whatever, them. but I'm going to love it. Quickly, one of my like daily... Well, to look at. and it's quick. That's, a, it that's is. a good word. Like it just kind of gives you what you need to know um, and then shows you why it's relevant for scripture. And so as I kind of looked uh, for this week, what we're going to talk about, there's quite a, there's, there's a lot going on in our there world. Is. It doesn't really take a long time to dis- to see how, how dark our world is, like mm-hmm. how much darkness there is in the world. And so um, I wanted to really talk about just what's happening overseas with, with war in general. And, and if you mm-hmm. don't know, um, some extremely sad news, um, some American soldiers were actually killed in the drone attack. Yeah. Um, uh, yesterday or the day before, just recently, yeah, and um, Sunday, <clears throat> yeah, November, yeah, yeah. So our hearts go out to those families. Um, mm-hmm. but um, again, backed by a militant group, maybe out of Iran, that doesn't matter. Um, but again, like that can make you upset. Like that gets yeah. you riled up as an American. Like I remember uh, in you know 2001, um, after uh, 9/11, like everybody was just riled up and they were ready to go. Like all the music, everybody was just riled up and ready yeah. to go, and 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 really. Um, they wanted to to uh to slap their cheek, right? Like we got punched in the face, we want to punch back, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so that kind of that kind of makes me think of this idea, like in terms of war, like we have a a, a world that I mean, you can <clears throat> say what you want, but a lot of people wonder whether or not we're heading toward World War Three, you know, or whatever it may be, or another Cold War, or, or whatever it is. And and um, we kind of got a similar question um mm-hmm. that we'll we'll talk about later from ernesto about judging but uh, but what what should our stance be like as christians as we evaluate like i mean whether or not we go to war like when you think about war war is in the bible right yep um, it is and so when you think about war um what should our stance really be as christians mm. is is really the question um, that i wanted us to to look at today because again it's it's kind of an inevitability throughout uh, um, world history right wars yeah. happen um 
And we would want world peace, you know, we, we would love to have world peace, but even even the Bible says that there will be wars and rumors of wars and, and all of those kinds of things will happen, right? Um, and, um, you know, so so what should our stance be? Do we do we partake those kinds of things? Um, because, you know, it, it's, it's a part of, of human history. It's a part of human future, most likely. Mm -hmm. um, it's happening right now. If you think of Russia and Ukraine and and all those kinds of things. So like, where should our stance be? What should our, our leaning be? Is really one that I wanted to kind of talk about. I think it comes out like last week when we talked about um, just going to stuff like your motives behind things. And then especially like even with us in the youth right now going over through Joshua, like they went to war, like they went to battle. Um, but there were certain things that they had to do right. And I think it really comes down to your motive, but also the fact that um, one, what is your purpose for the war? Like, why, why are you fighting? Because yeah. there's no need to kill senselessly because that is murder and that is mm -hmm. wrong um but if it really comes down to um the intentions of your heart but then also like yeah we're going over there like to protect okay but then like if there's motives i think behind it we're like oh but we get this we can get this we can get more oil mm -hmm. we can do things like this and you're like mm. so what are some things regarding that i think always taking it back to there, there's a time for something, mm -hmm. right? Um, and then really looking at it biblically, um, because God sent Israel to war constantly. Look at David. Yeah. He was a warrior that killed thousands of Philistines, um, but he was also a man after God's own heart. And it's yeah. one of those things where you have to look at. I think it's one of those things where it's the details matter for sure. Well, and I mean, even, I mean, you might even think of the, the Ten Commandments. And, and this is one of the most misquoted of the mm. commandments where uh, a lot of us think, that the commandment is thou shalt not, not kill. kill. That's wrong. That's actually not true. Uh, the commandment is thou shalt not, not murder. murder. Uh, and you actually mentioned this earlier on mm -hmm. with Ecclesiastes. There is a, mm -hmm. a time, there's a season, a season for this kind of stuff. And so um, what I wanted to point us to, I love that you mentioned motivation. Mm -hmm. um, and that goes with anything in life. Like yeah. what, what is at the heart? Um, what's the why? And I actually said this on Sunday that the best what's in life are backed up by the best why's. Like what you do always becomes better if why you do it is a good, biblical, righteous reason, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and and it, what's funny is that even applies to things like anger. Like we yeah. have the the Bible actually talking about righteous anger. And so I wanted to mention this verse. Uh, it comes out of Micah uh, 6, 8, and it mm -hmm. says this, Mankind, he has told each of you what is good and what is the Lord require of you, what it is that the Lord requires of you. And here we go. Here's what the God requires of us of mankind to act justly to love faithfulness and to walk humbly with our god and so <clears throat> when we look at that that's what he requires of us but he doesn't distinguish um what that applies to right mm -hmm. um it, he's not talking about one specific thing this is this is really like if you want to think of it as like boundaries right yeah uh, like that your boundaries when you when you operate whatever you do you want to act justly in that thing. You want to love faithfulness, or your Bible might say you love mercy, right? Mm -hmm. And you want to walk humbly with your God, right? And so when we look at that verse, I want to focus in on that idea of justice mm. and especially that idea of humility. Um, because a lot of times we respond out of pride, and that is the opposite of how we should respond. Yeah. And typically, if we're responding out of pride, what we're not seeking is we're not seeking justice. We're seeking revenge, right? And those sound like 
the same thing, right? Like if we think of Batman, like justice, like, you know, like I want to seek justice. And that's my Batman voice. Yes. It's probably not very good. Sorry, Manny, that like went right into your ears. But, um, <laughs> Perfect. but like we think that that means like, okay, we're just going to go on a raging punch fest, right? And yeah. that's justice. Like, no, that's revenge. Um, however, when it becomes justice, justice is always about seeking what is right. Revenge is always about seeking to get even, mm. right? To level the playing field. And yeah. uh, and uh, that's that's tough, right? Because one really of them is. one of them deals with inconveniencing yourself, right? Be, to seek what is right. Mm -hmm. Because what what when you seek what is right, it might not always benefit you. No. Right? Um, revenge always benefits us because it, it helps us triumph over someone else, right? Mm -hmm. Um and so especially when we're talking about war, like what's your motivation? Man, it has to be justice and not revenge. Mm -hmm. um, and even like on a micro scale, you have the, the broader war, but then every decision you make in war, right? Yeah. Every decision you make in battle has to go through this funnel of, is it just? Like, is what I'm seeking justice? Is what I'm seeking right mm -hmm. um, by God's definition? Or is what I'm seeking revenge and, and anger? And yeah. so, so, I think yeah. it really goes into like what you talked about last night too with... Um, with anger, it really goes about where you're talking about like God's his anger is justified because it's righteous anger, right? Mm -hmm. It's one of those things like Jesus is coming back not to be peaceful. Yeah. He's coming back on a horse with a tattoo on his leg, robe dipped in blood, sword at hand, like ready to fight. Yeah. And it's one of those things where like it's because it's righteous. It's the righteous anger of God. And it's one of those biggest things like if we're just senseless in what we're doing in our anger – what are your motives? Where's your heart? Where is that humility coming out of it? Where are those things? Yeah. Um, and it's really, that's, I think Jesus is a great display of that, that righteous anger, especially. And I think it perfectly equates with war because most of the time war is just one of those things that it's just as we've been in nature for so many thousands of years. But I think it's like, especially on the heart of men a lot is because we get angry pretty easily. Mm -hmm. And it's one of those things where that self-control and that righteous heart is where it really comes into where people are pulling the trigger or not. Yeah, for sure. No, well, and, and again, like most of the time um, when we when we, so to speak, pull that trigger, mm -hmm. you know, you see this a lot, especially in America, right? Like you know, America, you know, you get that yeah. mentality of like, you know, we're the best. Um, I only the only crayons I use is red, white, blue. You know, that's got that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, <laughs> the blue flavor is the best. But yeah, blue is the best flavor. But like even for me as a Marine, like I remember being in boot camp. And I remember them like coming to us and like, who's ready to go kill some mm -hmm. whatevers? And everybody's like, yeah, like they, they feed that to you. And my brother-in-law and I are sitting there like, no, no. like, <laughs> you know, like again, that peaceful solution. And again, I, and I think this is what gets at that, that meekness versus weakness. Thing. Yeah. And I think like a, a lot of people are afraid, especially like mm. men, like people in the military that yeah. they're going to show weakness that by showing mercy, I'm putting off an air of mm. weakness. When in reality, when you show oh, mercy, sad. you're showing off Meek. meekness, right? Mm -hmm. Where I can act and I can do these things, but I am choosing not to. Because what does Micah say? I love faithfulness. I love mercy. Yeah. And I want to be humble and I want justice. And in this moment, it is is it right um, to, to kill? And, mm -hmm. and the measure of, of a soldier um, is not knowing when to take a life, but knowing when to spare one, right? Um, I think it was Gandalf that said that, right? Mm -hmm. um, it is. Lord of the Rings Crazy. fans, right? J.R. Tolkien was a yeah. was a was a Christian, but and he it, fought the true, yeah, too. the true measure 
um, of, of, a, of a soldier, of a man, mm-hmm. is not knowing when to take a life, but knowing when yeah. to spare one. With that too, Timmy, like you going into the Marine Corps, like as a Christian man too, especially like, how did it equate to you that like, the fact that like at any moment, yeah, you went in, you were in the band, stuff like that. You weren't like in combat, but you're the Marine Corps. Like at any point, you guys are the first mm-hmm. to go out. And so like having that in the back of your mind, like how did that make you feel though too, the fact that you could possibly have to go out if a war happened and you're on the front line ready to go? Yeah, and like at first it was it was daunt like scary, you mm-hmm. know, it was daunting. Um and, and and just, you know, like even though you're a musician, especially in the Marine Corps, the yours, that's second. Mm-hmm. Um in every other branch it's it's a little different. But with the Marine Corps, it really is second. I yeah. spent almost just as much time out in the field than I did playing performances and things like that. Um but even just the loss of life, like being a trumpet player, I played for so many funerals of, mm. of people that had died in combat, right? Yeah. And and the, again, like the verse that they always read is, um, "Greater love has no one than this than a man who lays down his life for his friends." Like that's that's the number one verse that you hear at those funerals, which is very true. But again, it's always the motivation behind that. Mm. And I think for me, you know, in that moment, knowing that you might have to do that, uh, number one, they yeah. train you, right? So they train you to to be more attuned to that. You see. Uh, and do things in training that that kind of um, soften you to those things, right? Um, or harden you up, I guess, would mm-hmm. be the better way of saying that. Um, to be prepared for those things so you don't freeze up. But what I would say is, like, you can't prepare for that. No, no. matter what, like, you cannot prepare for that moment when, when you have, I mean, you have a lot of people that are big talk. Mm-hmm. But when you realize that you might be ending a person's life, um, that should create something in you, right? Mm-hmm. That that should create that level of, of again, the same regard for God that God has on life. I mean, even in the Old Testament it says, if you shed the blood of man, by man your blood will be shed. Like if you murder out of anger. Um, and actually Vivi asked me on, uh, I think it was on last Wednesday or Sunday, she asked about the death penalty. I think it was on mm-hmm. Sunday about the death penalty. And, and I don't think man biblically ever gets to define when life begins because yeah. in the Bible, uh, it says um, that before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you, right? Mm-hmm. So God had a relationship with us before we were ever formed in our mother's womb. So we don't get to decide when life begins. And when you think of a abortion or those kinds of things, like that's where the argument is. Like as mm-hmm. long as we can do it before life begins, well, that's not our job. No. Because to God, our life began long before ago. we were even conceived, right? So it's not our job to determine when life begins. But in reality, it's not our job to determine when life ends. And so... That becomes really difficult when you're in that moment of standing up for right, standing up for justice, and at what point does that lead to the decision to take a life? Um, mm-hmm. And it again, it has to be about motivation. Yeah. It has to be about self-control. That was one of the biggest things, too, with like me wanting to get into sheriffs and doing stuff like that. And like one of the biggest things one of my buddies told me is just like going into it. He's like, with your faith and things, like, are you ready to possibly like have to deal with that yeah and that's where like that the verse of uh, ecclesiastes 3 3 really stood out to me and it's a time to kill a time to um heal um a time to tear down and a time to build and it's one of those things where it's like god has a purpose for everything yeah um outside of what we may think um and even with that point of having to take a life has a purpose for a reason yeah. and then that point of healing and that point of building also has a purpose for sure well and god i mean god executes judgment right and we see mm-hmm. this in the old testament where war was often whether it was for israel or for the other nations war was a way of executing judgment of yeah. of, of man not listening mm-hmm. to god's warnings um and uh, whether it's warnings to israel or people like jonah that are going mm-hmm. to warn other nations and to yeah. stop and, and so god does use warfare uh, god's eternally minded right mm-hmm. he, he uh, our lives on this earth are not it 
right? It's not over after this earth. And so I think because of that, you have to have a heavenly perspective and respect for life. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and I'm a big fan of, of, I watch a lot of war movies and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, there's a, there's a quote from one of the easy company, um, from the band of brothers, brothers. and he says, you know, in talking about the enemy, he's, he's talking about how, you know, in another circumstance, maybe we would have been really good friends. Maybe we, we would have, he, maybe he liked to hunt, maybe he liked to fish, you know? And we have to also remember too, one of my favorite quotes is, um, who, uh, who gets, um, damaged the most in a battle between elephants. Mm. It's the grass beneath their feet. And so I think what, what we have to remember as well is not everyone that is involved. I mean, if you take, um, Germany in that situation, well, a lot of them were forced to be involved yeah. and they maybe did not share Mm-mm. those belief, same yeah. um, those same sentiments as their leaders, right? Those elephants that are clashing. And so there's always going to be, um, it's because it's catastrophic, any loss of life. Dude, even um, through time, there's yeah. still a stigma about mm-hmm. like Germany and just things like that. It's just one of those things where, like it was such a crazy thing. It affected everybody. Well, and the, the decisions of the few affected many, just like we were talking about last night, mm-hmm. you know? And so I think you just have to you have to weigh all of those things that when we're talking about being involved in war, really the question that we have to ask before we ever side with a yes or no is, well, what's the motivation behind the war? Like, mm. are we just blindly killing um, just so that way we can get more land, get more money, get more, you know, we're conquest, yeah. so to speak, or whatever it may be. And it's, you know, what's the motivation behind it? But then for you to, to step up, because I know we have a few of our students um, that are that are looking at joining the military. Mm-hmm. Um, well, then what is your motivation behind that? Are yeah. you are you doing it because you want to be the biggest, baddest person on mm-hmm. the planet and and you want to look tough and, and you want to you know blow stuff up and be cool? Pump the brakes like you've got to stop, because if your motivation behind doing that is you value life and you don't want darkness to triumph over light in this mm. world and you want to protect those. I mean, God says to care for the widows and to care for the orphans. And right now there are widows and orphans all across the globe that are being killed and enslaved for wrong reasons. Um, Mm -hmm. And so that is a righteous anger. We are protecting and valuing life, but even still to take a life should be the absolute last measure. Yeah. And it can only ever be motivated by these things that you're seeking justice. You're acting justly, you're loving faithfulness and you walk humbly Mm -hmm. with your God. And again, like my question is then how do you do that? Like we can't do that by ourselves. So like, how do we, how do we effectively do that Mm -hmm. when we know that we are so prone to anger and pride? Yeah. It's a a Um, lot. Yeah. And that kind of brings up like, Mm -hmm. when is anger? Okay. And so I had a, I had a passage in Ephesians, um, in Ephesians four, um, that I wanted to read. When is anger okay? And and I love this verse. This is Paul talking to the, the church in Ephesus. And he says this in verse 26, Be angry and do not sin. Don't let the sun go down on your anger and don't give the devil an opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he says, point blank right there, be angry, right? Mm-hmm. But what comes right before that? It's a verse where he says, speak the truth each one to his neighbor. And so again, like this is all centered around what is right. This is all centered around what is true. Um, and, and when you are angry, how on earth can you be angry and not sin? Because Joshua seven, one shows us that God was angry, right? Mm -hmm. Um, that God, uh, saw the disobedience of Israel and it gave him anger. 
And we talked about this last night that his anger was born out of a jealousy for what was his, right? Because we are his. Uh, and when we act outside of what he calls us to be, that is a righteous anger. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, like a, it's like a parent that's disciplining, right? That it is motivated by different things. And so uh, there's this quote from Charles Spurgeon, anger does a man more hurt than that which made him angry. And I think we've all been in that situation that mm-hmm. we did we did something when we were mad. Yeah. Um, and it uh once once the blinders come off, right? The fury before our eyes come off and we realize what we said, what we did, we always feel that regret Dude, and, and it's hard to recover from. It is. You know? It's one of those very different things, especially like just getting into it. And it's one of those things too, like when you can't sleep easy. There's a problem, right? Mm-hmm. If you you have that argument, that one whatever conversation with someone, or that just that text or that call, just things happen, or a situation, you go home and you're like, it's in the back of your mind, it's there. There's a reason. Yeah, um, that's not your conscience. That's the Holy Spirit working with you. I mean, that's what this verse. I mean, it says, don't let the sun go mm-hmm. down. Literally, anything. and that's what I take from it. It's like one of those things. Like I never want to have a relationship in my life where I leave it on a bad note, and it's one of those things where it's like. One, if anybody, like, especially, like, passing away, never, like, I always, like, always be right with somebody, first of all, because it's Christians, it's our our job Mm -hmm. to just promote the goodness of God, right, and to be that love and that just reflect his goodness, his love and his um, goodness, but it's also that thing where it's, like, you can't sleep on it, there's a reason. Yeah. Um, There really is. Um, If you're not easy about something, there's... Something about that, and Scripture even says that if you come to offer your um, to to place your offering before uh, before God and remember that you have a grievance against your brother, mm-hmm. leave it there. Yeah, and go and be reconciled to your brother, and then come back. Right, and so again, like even if you have righteous anger, you're not supposed to stay there. You're supposed to ultimately seek that reconciliation. Mm-hmm. And reconciliation is not just oh, I forgive you, but I'm going to hold you at arm's distance. Reconciliation is repairing the relationship. It's yeah. what Jesus did. It's that extra us, step, right? The action. Yeah, that Jesus didn't just like forgive us of our sin, but he reconciled us to God. Like mm-hmm. he, by his blood, by his sacrifice, repaired that relationship. And so even when you think of war and things like that, like what's the ultimate motivation? Repairing the relationship between mm-hmm. mankind, right? Because that command of acting justly and loving mercy and, and walking humbly, that's for all mankind. If you notice yeah. that that's what Micah says. It is. And so for us, like we should be advocating truth. We should be advocating love joy peace patience all of those things um when we do this and and if something rises up that is i mean even jesus was angry when he was flipping the tables but look at why it's because people were disgracing the name mm-hmm. and the presence of god right literally turning like, his house into a thief yes. of them like uh, when when something comes against god's purpose when something comes against god's plan his name Mm-hmm. that is what we rise up. But yeah. even still, it is to reconcile those people to each other, to us, to God. And, and I mean, that's hard. Um, that's really hard to do. And so especially when it comes to taking life, it that is. doesn't have to be the standard. I mean, that's like the movie Hacksaw Ridge. That's a true story mm-hmm. uh, about a man that went, he actually signed up, went over to Japan in World War II, but would not wield a weapon. Nope. And what, what was he remembered for doing? Dude, Medal of Honor. Life. He yeah. saved over saving 73 lives. lives that night. Yeah. Work Desmond Doss was insane for yeah. that. But look at that. Like he went to war mm-hmm. knowing that there was an enemy, but communicated to everybody that was watching on the Allied side and on the Axis side that at least that soldier was there because he valued life. Mm. Um, and if I if I remember correctly, didn't he provide aid to 
Japan to Japanese yeah, soldiers, he did, right? To everybody. And so again, like you're seeing them as not enemies, but you're seeing them as image bearers that are mm -hmm. confused, that are lost, right? Yeah. And so like even when you have an enemy or a bully at school, right? Um, there's that's not the season to, to just fight because they're mean to you, right? That ultimate goal yeah. of reconciliation is you're not seeing them as the bully, you're seeing them as yeah. an image bearer of God. And that's yeah. why I, I tell people all the time, like, write down everything you don't like about that person. You know, like Jeremy is blank. Jeremy is blank. Jeremy is blank. Um, and then all of those blanks replace them with a truth from scripture. So instead mm. of saying, you know, Billy is selfish, I'm going to put Billy is created in the image of God. Mm. And I'm going to see the world. I'm going to see people the way that God sees people. That when we look at the story of Jonah and he's looking at Nineveh in anger and hate, yeah. What is what does it close with? I mean, the the story of Jonah ends with God saying, "Why would I not want care about to be them? saved? Yeah. yeah, why would I not want to save them? So, yeah, because it really comes down to just like because I did a, a whole study and paper on Desmond Dawson and everything, and it came down to like him talking when he was in the trenches, some of these tunnels where he just came upon like a sixteen year old Japanese kid that he shot, he's bleeding out, and at the core he's a terrified sixteen year old. Mm -hmm. Doesn't matter where he's from, what yeah. he believed in, at that his core, at his He's a human being that is dying and is scared. And it's one of the things that he saw that and saw his fear and saw that and just saw how much that God could just show him. And that's where he just, dude, bandage him up, help him out as much as he can just to show that little bit of light. Yeah. And that's one of those things where it, it comes down to not us being one side or the other. It's no God's side. Well, and it, what, what you do, what happens when you do that, right? Mm -hmm. Um, is the Bible says it reaps burning coals, right? Like it's going to make your enemy go, why are like, all of us are just spreading hate and we're shooting and we're doing all, and we're killing you and mm. yet you're saving us why and that and it creates that confusion that ultimately is going to just like first peter said which you read last week give them a reason to for the to ask the question of the hope that you have like mm -hmm. what is different about you why is it that all of us are motivated to kill and yet you're here trying to save lives mm -hmm. and that's an opportunity for you to share the hope that you have right because you're seeing humanity and you're broken and it doesn't make you angry it makes you sad like you yeah. look over this world and you see the hate and and the hurt and the death and it just it makes you weep right yeah. because you're just broken at the lostness of the world um and you cannot do that unless you see the world through god's eyes mm -hmm. and that's something that we have to pray for every day that even our worst enemy we would see them as a as a, a person mm. man or woman boy or girl created in the image of Christ. Yeah. Someone that Jesus that I mean in reality it doesn't matter how bad that person is if they fell to their knees and declared Jesus as the Lord and Savior of their life, they would be saved, mm -hmm. right? Like we have to remember that 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 even Saul in how awful he was became Paul, you know? Yeah. Um and and again like it, it's a hard line to tread and that is why the only reason death should ever be an option is when it violates that truth that that light that justice um god's truth his name that is the only time and even then it should be the absolute last measure yeah um, that your ultimate motivation no matter what forever is reconciliation and valuing life the way that god values life mm -hmm. yeah like where's god's purpose and plan for you like where is it yeah because one of the biggest things too i read literally this morning because i'm going through uh nehemiah now um, is in Nehemiah one, like one of the first things he does is he's the cupbearer of King Xerxes of Persia, like 
high up. Like you, some could say he literally takes care of the king's drinks. Like that's a huge, super high position, super well like set up, Nehemiah. But then he hears about how Israel fell and how they were attacked. And the first thing he does is he doesn't, one, he's never even been to the land, but he is from the line. Uh, he's in Israel, at, like from his actual um, bloodline. Um, but it's one of the first things that he does is he doesn't think, well, I'm going to go to my people and help them and like fight back. And we're going to do this. No, his first thing is verses five through six is he repents to the Lord because mm-hmm. he realizes that we did something wrong. Yeah. Or people, we did something wrong to where God allowed this to happen to us. Yeah. And it's one of those things where even Nehemiah, who wasn't in Israel, he was 800 miles away. Yeah. But he knew that those were his brothers and sisters in Christ. He knew that was his church family. That was his family. And they were broken. They were broken and something happened. And 800 miles away, he still prayed to the Lord and repented. Yeah. And asked for that for the Lord. And that's one of those just amazing things that one, he's, I think that heart to willingly do that was incredible oh yeah and it's well, just and it, super it, it did put his life at risk right yeah because they did have enemies mm. taunting them all along i mean one of my favorite pictures of that is he hears you know it was it was a while before mm-hmm. right when when um when babylon came in and destroyed them mm-hmm. in 586 and then they was just laid it just stayed there in ruins and yeah that's what that's what he hears about that it's still in ruins ever mm-hmm. since then um, and he wants to go and, and one of my favorite pictures is as they're, they have a, they have a hammer in one hand and a spear in the other, right? They're, like they're ready to rebuild the wall, but they're also ready to defend, defend God's, God's truth. Yeah. And, and there's also Ezra who's with Nehemiah, um, at the time they're it's happening at the same time and they discover the law. And it says that when they first read the law and they realize how, how far away from God's standard that they have gotten, they didn't get angry. It says that they tore their clothes, right? Mm-hmm. Like they were, they were mourning, um, because they realized how, how far off, how twisted um, that they were from from God's mark, mm-hmm. from his truth. And again, like, why is that a bad thing? Because that's what separates us from the Father, because he is perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we cannot have that. He gave us the perfect standard. Thank, thank God literally for Jesus, right? And because mm-hmm. we could never meet that standard. Uh, and so when we see that, man, it makes us tear our clothes. And so when you see that darkness in the world, you know, it should, it should break our, our hearts mm-hmm. uh, to know that like, man, I just like, yes, you're an enemy of my country. We're at war with you as a country. But what hurts me more is that you guys are so lost. Like, I mean, they don't know the right hand from their left yep. as, as scripture talks about. And, and you do, and you have the opportunity to either take their life or show them the mercy that Jesus mm-hmm. shows us. Um, and so it's a tough question. And it like, is. and as we look at, um, I don't know if you have anything else to add no, on that, but like as we look at all these these uh you know warmongering whatever things that are coming out and and people dying, um I mean if you take that post on the pour over mm-hmm. about um about the the three that were killed, um if you scroll to the last image and it's and it shows it from a Christian perspective, it's literally just mourning about the fact that that another image bearer of God died. Like, it's not about like, oh yeah, this, this for like, I love that they, that they didn't include this verse. It's like, oh no, rise up and destroy him. It was literally just mourn about the fact mm. that this, that this death and hate still exists yeah. on the planet. So again, please go check out the pour over and it helps us understand. And uh, from those things from a, from a biblical perspective, but then even on top of that, um, man, you, ha- you can't do this without patience. First Thessalonians no. five talks about being patient with everyone. Uh, everyone and that's hard Um, Mm. and you cannot have patience if that's one of the fruits of the spirit and so if you don't have the spirit living and active in your life if you don't 
If you grieve the Spirit's work in your life, then you will never produce that patience and self-control required to act justly, love mercy, and see the world through God's eyes. Yeah. So um, I hope that uh, that answers that question for you. And, and again, remember that. Like as you see these, don't let the culture dictate your opinion. That as you see people in, in America rising up and getting angry and, and, and all of those kinds of things like, patriotism sure like being loyal to to where god has placed us just like shadrach meshach and abednego mm -hmm. but to a point right mm -hmm. like even as we talked about them last week like there is a line there that is. we do not cross and we don't cheer um for the loss of life it doesn't matter who it is yeah we never cheer um for the loss of life yeah. we never hope for the destruction of anyone um, that our hope is in reconciliation that just like god we would see all being saved that's god's mm -hmm. desire that all would turn up we know that not all will but that's god's desire because we are his his beloved creation his beloved yeah. children i think so. too also as like just a, a christian and a believer in christ like i think one of the worst feelings would be like knowing that you possibly condemned someone to hell mm. and like that is the complete opposite of our job yeah and it's that's it's a hard thing to like think about and swallow yeah for sure and again like be careful as you as you're in the world not of it like mm -hmm. as you hear about stuff and and you play video games and whatever that just promoting this this stuff like i'm not saying avoid those things but be so so be so careful you know mm -hmm. um, because it's it doesn't have to be that way no um and it doesn't it doesn't have to to change your opinion of how you see other people um and um yeah so i hope that that answers that question um that we're looking at today whether you were interested in that topic or not but uh, we do speaking of questions, uh, we, questions we do have some questions yes yeah, so we got about four we technically had five um but one of them was is ron real yes he's real yes, you all saw real. him last night so mm -hmm. we're gonna move on from that one we love ron um but uh we do love ron yeah. um but the first question and then we should get an led sign put it over in the corner says is ron real we long, yeah, ron, <laughs> yeah. Is, ron is real uh, ron is real it's confirmed um, ron is real yes but uh when we look at uh their first question here uh when i from nathan uh, when i feel like i am straying away from god what can i do um and so uh the first thing that comes to my mind nathan uh, when you ask this question is uh, what I would call a predetermined principle. Um, this is actually mm. something that I heard from Pastor Tom Lance down at the Grove um, a while ago. Um, uh, and uh, it's this concept of struggling with sin. And a lot of times we use that word of like, oh, I'm struggling with sin. Um, however, in reality, most of the time, it's not really a true struggle. Um, and, and when I hear struggle, I think of I think of a fight. I think of, you know, like even a sports game. You don't walk into that just like completely blind with no mm -hmm. plan, right? Now, most of the time you have researched the situation. You have, re I mean, sometimes you even look at the weather um, around um, uh, what you're going to be uh, playing in or fighting in. The, you, I mean, you research the, the opponent and their tactics. Like you, you, you go in as informed as possible. And then why do you get informed? So that way you can create a plan in response to that tactic. And you'd make that plan ahead of time. Mm-hmm. So that way, when the struggle happens, you are actually prepared to respond. And that's what we call predetermined principles. And, and every sports team has a playbook. And the plays that they choose and their tactics going into a game change based off of the situation, based off of who they're playing. And yet, we're supposed to resist temptation. Mm -hmm. We're supposed to resist the devil and resist sin. But most of us don't do that. We don't actually put a plan into place. 
before we walk into that. And I, and I mean like grab one of these, mm -hmm. an actual writing utensil and a yeah. journal and actually write out. Cause, cause, cause in reality, Nathan, we know ourselves. Like we know, you know, your weaknesses, we know our weaknesses you know we'll and we know you. how we're vulnerable. And so, mm -hmm. and again, like, don't just put one option. Like, okay, when this happens, I'm going to call this person mm -hmm. and give a, B and C. If that person doesn't answer, I'm going to call this one. And if yeah. this one doesn't answer, I'm going to call this one. And that's your King's table, right? Yeah. Like those are the people that you know, we're going to be there for you regardless of like you, like you talked about on Sunday, a couple weeks ago, like, you know, that those people are going to be there for your you. 3am friends, right? For sure. But just because one of your 3am friends doesn't answer the phone, doesn't mean yeah. people um, that maybe they thought their, their phone was ringing mm -hmm. in their dreams. And so they didn't answer it. Um, but it comes down to like, what you talk about all the time is set yourself up for that success. Yes. Right. If you know your weaknesses, write them down. Mm -hmm. And then start attacking ways and finding ways that you know that will prevent you from getting to those situations. Yes, and and you got to be vulnerable. And I think mm -hmm. like especially when it comes to things like sexual temptation and, and and those kinds of sins, we like to try and find tactics that we can do on our own. Yeah, and that we can keep in the dark. That will never work because even Ecclesiastes talks about how when you're by yourself, you're easily defeated, mm -hmm. right? And so even as scary as it is, because of because sin creates shame, and we should never feel yeah. uh, that that shame, right? Unless we're we're doubting God's yeah. forgiveness in our lives. Satan thrives in isolation. Yes. He wants you to feel alone. He wants you to be alone and mm -hmm. isolate yourself and cut off and cut off the rest of the world. He doesn't want you to tell everybody your problems and let yeah. you know what's going on in life. He wants you to sit there and be in misery and just hate yourself. Yeah, and it's one of those things where. No, you have a God that is there for you. And that's what, like one of the first verses that came to me in this area was Romans 8, 38 through 39. It's for, um, I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels or rulers nor things present nor things to come. It's one of my favorite parts, things to even come that haven't even come yet, nor powers, um, nor heights, nor depths, um, nor anything can separate you from the love of Christ, right? It's one of those biggest things where it's like, he's there with you no matter what. What's yeah. happened? That's one of the things too is the things that you've done, you repent and you ask the Lord for them, let them go. Mm -hmm. That's one of the biggest things that I struggled with too a lot was I held on to those things and those things that I always thought I um, ashamed myself for. And when it's like God forgives, then he like he forgets. He lets it go. Mm -hmm. He doesn't hold you to it, right? And it's one of those biggest things where don't hold yourself down yeah. over everything that you've done in life. If you've asked the Lord to forgive you of it, let it go. Yeah. And don't use it as a get out of hell free card. You know, no. like that doesn't mean you can just, I mean, even Paul says that, like, do we just continue to sin? Like by no means. Right. Mm -hmm. um, but what we also have to make sure um, of is that we ground all of this in scripture that we, that we actually know, like, I'm not just going to put this into play mm. when I get close to the line. I'm going to yeah. actually have a plan to stay as far away from the line as possible. Mm -hmm. Right. And so if I know that, that, that I'm tempted uh, and every single time I watch something I shouldn't watch on my phone at night, well, then don't plug your phone in your room. Yeah. Like, go buy a, a, an alarm clock and plug it in somewhere else mm -hmm. or or leave it in your parents' room or, or whatever. Like, you know those situations and don't make a plan that's going to help you react when you've gone too far. Make a plan that's going to keep you as far from that as possible, mm -hmm. but then also have a plan just in case you do stumble, yeah. right? Uh, those people that you can call, those those places that you can go. Um you know, it's kind of like, uh, all right, I'm going to watch this scary movie, but then I know for a fact I'm going to have to watch a Pixar movie after that because, you know, I'm just going to got to make it better, you know? Yeah. But you have to have that in place. you got to have those predetermined principles. And if it, if and it, the other thing is, if it's worth it to you, if you actually wanted the sin to come out of your life, mm -hmm. 
because you see the negative effects, you would be willing to make this plan. Like you would be willing to actually sit down and write this out. You would be really willing to bring those people mm-hmm. into your life because you actually in real life don't want that to be in yeah. your life too. And that's that's hard. Like you have no, to have that motivation. For sure. And it's one of those things too I read about Nehemiah too that I thought was really cool is like he went into like I revere the name of God. Mm-hmm. And one of those biggest things is like to fear God and to properly revere God. Is it, it's, He's not asking you to fear me as like a horror movie scary monster. It's the fear that moves you. It's one of those things that you know God is powerful and he is the thing that you should fear above all else in this universe. Yes. Mm-hmm. But you shouldn't sit there in your fear. Right. It should move you to pursue Christ. It well, should that's move what courage, you that's what courage is. to go on. Yeah. Yeah, that when you have that courage, you can move past that fear. Mm-hmm. And you're again, you're when I am weak, then I am strong. Like Paul said, yeah, um, you know, you're relying on on Christ and His power and mm-hmm. His strength um, to do that. And again, like He's going to offer you the way of escape. But the problem is when when it's too late and we're already about to commit that sin, we aren't looking. We have blinders on. Like mm-hmm. we are so blinded that we're not looking for that way of escape. And a lot of times we like to get angry about that because we're like, no, there's no way of escape. Well, yes, there is. If you would have taken the time to set yourself up for success so that way you see the first signs of it happening and you're like, okay, this is exact. these are the first signs. I'm going to put this into practice. I'm going to put my plan into place. You will, that's, that's the way of, I mean, you're literally hearing about a way of escape, like a mm-hmm. community bearing one another's burdens. Like scripture is very clear about those things because mm-hmm. the devil is going to lie. Uh, he's going to want us to keep everything in the dark. Yeah. Um, and that's the worst thing. He wants you to be that wildebeest that's hurt and just strays from the herd. Yeah. Yep. And you're going to get devoured by yep. by him who's a prowling lion. So I hope that, uh, Nathan, that answers your question. Uh, what uh, When I feel like I'm straying away from God, what can I do? Um, if you put in the work, if it actually matters to you, if God's definition of, of righteousness in your yeah. life is most important to you, if being with him is the best idea in your day-to-day, then you'll be willing to put the work in. So mm. great question, Nathan. I appreciate that, man. Um, next question comes from Dom. No, not Isran Real. This is actually a really interesting one. Um, how come Jewish people don't believe that Jesus is the Son of God if in the Bible it talks about him? Mm. Um, so first and foremost, the, the first thing I want to say is that Jewish people don't have the same Bible that we do. So uh, they wouldn't have the New Testament no. because the New Testament is all about the New Covenant that was made in Christ. Testament mm-hmm. means covenant, right? So you have the old covenant, the new covenant that's made in Christ. So naturally their their Bible, their Torah um, is going to stop um, at Malachi. Right? Yeah. Like they're not going to have the New Testament, yeah. right? And so that's the biggest thing is that their Bible doesn't include that because they don't see him as the Messiah. And that's the biggest thing is that a lot of those people, a lot of Jews, well, all, I mean, all the Jews, um, don't think that Jesus was the Messiah. Mm-hmm. And so naturally, if he's not the Messiah, you're still waiting for him, right? Yeah. And so um, your your Bible is going to stop him. Yeah, they don't believe he came. Yeah, yeah. Because their their Torah, yeah, it has all these different prophecies that he's going to fulfill, um, that he's going to come from the tribe of Judah, that he's going to um, gather up all the Jewish exiles. Like he's going to fulfill all these different things. There's going to be peace across all there's going to be a reign of peace across the world, right? All these different things, and none of that's happened. Yeah. And so for them, they don't believe that Jesus was that Messiah because yeah. nothing happened. Well, we have to remember, too, that when we say Jewish people, that's two two things. You have a culture mm-hmm. and you have a religion. Yeah. And not everybody that claims to be Jewish. We see this a lot in Hollywood, right? Yeah. Not everybody that claims to be Jewish 
practices Judaism. Mm-hmm. So there's the two very different things. Like you can have an actor in America that claims to be Jewish culturally. Yeah. Right. But then if you go see the, the Jewish religion being practiced, it's two very, very, very different things. Um, mm-hmm. um, well, it comes like with even me, like I'm Italian, but I'm not Catholic. It's like one of those very right. big things. Yeah, like yeah. most like, people, as soon as you're in town, you're like, you're Catholic and yeah. you're like, no. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, like, culturally, we have to remember too that just because someone says they're Jewish, that mm-hmm. it might not mean that they practice a religion. That might just mean, well, no, I'm I'm from a Jewish lineage. Right? Yeah. Um. That's my that's the culture that my family's a part of. Um. And, and again, like you also have Messianic Christians, and so mm-hmm. um, what that means is you actually have people that that do believe that Jesus was the Messiah, but they're their style of, of religious practice mirrors Judaism, right? Mm-hmm. So they still keep a lot of the Old Testament customs, the Old Testament rituals, and and all of those kinds of things. And and they um, they celebrate those holidays, but they still do have the full Bible, right? So, yeah. um, so and that's actually really uh, interesting, interesting as well, just because uh, they hold to the to the truths of the entire Bible. I mean, they still practice the Passover and those kinds of things. And so um, there are some people, they wouldn't call themselves Jewish, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but they would call them, they would align a lot more um, with, um, it's kind of like the, if you look at the Anglican church mm-hmm. and the Catholic church, like they look almost identical, yeah, right? But one of them is Protestant, one of them is Catholic. Mm-hmm. And really the, the biggest difference is, you know, their theology of works and those kinds of things. Literally the, the Church of England was made because the king at the time wanted to divorce his wives. Mm-hmm. And so it's basically Catholicism at the time that allows divorce, right? And then if you have Episcopals, that's the same thing as Anglican. But the reason why they stopped calling themselves the Church of England was because a little thing called the Revolutionary War. And here in America, they didn't want to be associated with England. So they changed their name yeah. to Episcopal. Uh, and it looks almost identical. They have, they have nuns, they have uh, monks, they have all of those kinds of things, but they're Protestant. Yeah. Well, same thing. You have Jews, and then you also have that Messianic Christianity that looks almost identical to Judaism, but they still believe in Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, again, it's ultimately where they align on Jesus being the Messiah. If you yeah. think he was the Messiah, um, and you believe that he was the Messiah, and that he is the Holy One of Israel, then you're a Christian, right? You're a uh, you're either Protestant or Catholic mm-hmm. Christian. If not, you're Jewish. And actually, what's really interesting too is even Islam believes that Jesus was a real person. Mm-hmm. He was a prophet. He wasn't as good as Muhammad, but they would not say that he was God, right? Yeah. So there's many, many religions, many that, religions. that hold to a, a version of Jesus. Yeah, um, ours just happens to be the right one. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I think the so, whole world, in a, like a way, recognizes Jesus as a historical figure, yeah. like 100. percent Yeah, it's it ignorant, just yeah, it comes down to, to that theology and that that religion that mm-hmm. the one studies and goes into. Yeah, well, and it's I mean, it's ignorant to think that he wasn't even a historical figure. Um, yeah, yeah, that's actually I mean, there's absolutely enough Let's evidence to support that tons. but uh, but this is why and, and this goes into a little bit of a, of a warning as well dominic that when you're talking to someone never get in the habit of saying are you a christian and they say yeah and then you move on like mm-hmm. always get in the habit of asking specific questions like what yeah. do you believe about jesus because you might have a person that believes that they say that they're christian and then you say well what do you think uh like what do you believe about jesus like well i just think that he was a really good teacher yeah and you're like well do you think that he's god well, i don't know i just think that yeah. he's not well that clearly you know isn't you know so we got to be careful of titles no for sure well. and going into more questions too like what do you believe about the word because you're going mm-hmm. to catholicism things like that where it, it changes a lot what do you believe in how you get to heaven how do you yeah. get to 
do things like that because a lot of it's work based and a lot of other well, things are different. And Mormons call themselves Christians, you know, mm -hmm. and they would say like, "We're well, no, we're the same." Well, we're not. We're absolutely not, no. right? And so even your friends that are Mormon that go to the, you know, the Church of Latter Day Saints, right? The the Church of Christ of Latter Day Saints, like it's mm -hmm. not the same Jesus. And so we have to no. get in a really good habit of asking good questions. Scripture talks about that. Colossians four, five, and six talks about asking good questions mm -hmm. so that we were prepared to answer. We don't come in ready to, to you know, hook and jab, um, so to speak, but we're ready to ask good questions so that we know how to respond, right? Like, mm -hmm. I'm going to, I'm going to ask questions to see where you are. So that way then I can, I can respond and answer those. Yeah. So I hope that answers your question, Dom. Um, thanks for sending that in. Thanks for sending both in. Yeah. Um, and, uh, anything else on that one? No, we got about two more. Mm -hmm. yeah, I'm doing pretty good. Uh, doing pretty good. So, uh, all right. Ernesto wanted to ask this question. What does God say about judging others? Ooh. He says, do it. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, Crazy. Uh, well, kind of. Uh, yeah, <laughs> In <yeah>. a way. <laughs> so, he kind of says that. Um, mm. What does he say about judging others? And, and when we looked at this question, apparently both Jeremy and I went to the same passage. So I'm going to let Jer Bear read say it good. for us. Uh, do you know how to read? Um, I'm like working on it. You're working on it. I'm working on it. Yeah. It's it's one of those big things. <laughs> um, cool. Well, yeah. yeah um, you want to take a crack at it. Yeah. Right into Matthew seven, um, verses one through six. Um, just go right into it. And it says, do not judge so that you won't be judged for you will be judged by the same standard with which you judge others. And you will be measured by the same measure you use. Why do you look at the splinter in your brother's eye but don't notice the beam of wood in your own eye or how can you say to your brother let me take the splinter out of your eye and look there's a beam of wood in your own eye hypocrite first take the beam of wood out of your own eye and then you will you will see clearly to take the splinter out of your brother's eye don't give what is holy to dogs or toss your pearls for pigs or they will trample them under their feet turn and tear uh turn and tear you to pieces so. yeah um so that i mean here's the thing our culture knows the beginning of this mm. judge not doesn't your bible say that don't judge well again technically yes um but you have to keep reading right like mm -hmm. there's a lot more there like your bible says do not judge like yes but there's a comma not a period right you have to keep mm -hmm. reading yeah uh hooked on phonics works for me uh, i love grammar um the comma means you got to keep reading there's a pause you take a breath and then what's right after that so that right so that yeah. means that there's an implication behind yeah. that like there's a reason why you wouldn't judge but he goes even further to say there's a reason why you would judge right um that that when we talk about judging others, uh, I, I love the movie A Knight's Tale. Have you ever seen the movie? movie? Yeah, it's yes. a great movie. Heath uh, and I, yeah, classic. Heath Ledger. It's a great movie um, about a guy that does jousting. And there's this guy that has an extremely high standard. He's the antagonist. He's the bad guy in the movie. Um, and uh, the extremely high standard. Well, he ends up. I hate to spoil spoiler alert, but he ends up losing at the it, end. Yeah. And and the the the. the uh, Heath Ledger and his whole squad, they're standing around him. And what do they say to him? They say, you've been weighed, you've been measured, and mm -hmm. you've been found wanting, right? And so what that means is like your standard, you didn't even meet the standard that you set and you're found wanting, right? Mm -hmm. And so that's what this is saying is that, that the measure at which you judge will be measured back to you. So it's in a way like this is saying, don't judge to protect yourself. Mm -hmm. And if you do judge, only do so if you judge yourself with a higher standard than that which you judge others. Yeah. And what is the standard? 
righteousness, right? Mm -hmm. Scripture itself, right? Don't be a hypocrite where I hold other people. Oh, there goes my pen. Where I hold other people to a standard that I don't myself live up to, right? Like that's the weight. That's the measure. Mm -hmm. Scripture should be that standard. Um, and as long as I am removing the speck from my eye or the plank from my eye, mm -hmm. which is a lot harder to do, I can appropriately help someone out with their speck, right? Yeah. So I want to make sure that I'm judging myself so that I can see clearly That's... And, and I'm coming in to help, not just put down. Because I yeah. think when we hear judging, it, it, it's we actually don't. We're not talking about judging. Judging is ultimately to seek righteousness and to 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 get them back to that standard. Mm -hmm. What we think of judging is like being a bully and putting people down, mm -hmm. right? Like that's yeah. never okay. I think it really comes down to like that taking the beam out of your own eyes, really taking care of yourself and taking a step back and looking at, am I doing what's biblically right? Yeah. Like by biblical standards of the word of God, this is truth. Am I living to that truth? And if that I'm clear then that's where you will see clearly perfect, like nice and clear to where then you can help your brother in Christ yeah. or your sister in Christ. Mm -hmm. And it's one of those things where like, I feel like a lot of times most people think is as Christians, like we, Oh, like, let me just help you out a little bit. This, let me help you out. Like, yeah. But what, where you, where are we stumbling? Mm -hmm. And it comes on both sides. And that's the best yeah. part is this one was Proverbs 27, 17. We're sharpening each other. Right. Yes. It's not just a back and forth. It's we're both helping. Yeah, it's not too. to tear down. It's to build yes. up. Right. Yeah. Um, and again, like sometimes you tear down a little bit to be built up, mm -hmm. right? Like you prune the bush so that way more growth can happen. Mm -hmm. um, and again, like you're only doing that if you're already doing that to your own self, right? Like you're, you're making sure that you're aligning with their yeah. standard, you know? And, mm -hmm. and I think that's, that's, what's really important is, are we supposed to judge others? Well, you're only doing that to make sure that they are, they are being built up in the direction of what mm -hmm. holiness, right? Being more like Jesus, their sanctification. So my ultimate goal is to see everybody becoming more and more like Jesus, becoming a disciple. This is what the discipleship is. And sometimes that means conviction, right? Sometimes that means being convicted of what we're doing wrong so that we can remove that. We can mm -hmm. prune that from our lives and then we can ultimately do what is right. Right. Yeah. And I'm doing that for myself. And I'm doing that for you. And so instead of saying, dude, you're an idiot. Like you keep doing this. You say, hey, I, I'm struggling here. You're struggling here. Will you help me with this? And I help you with that, mm -hmm. right? Uh, I'm trying to do this on my own. It's not working. So I want your help and I want to help you so that I can better help you with, with whatever you're struggling yeah. with. So I think it also just comes into like, one, don't get discouraged either. Because one of those things are like, if you feel like you're failing a lot too, or you feel like your, your buddy's just constantly just going the wrong direction. It's one of those things too. I looked at, uh, James four. And one of my favorite verses in that is the verse 12, where it says there's only one lawgiver and judge who is able to save and to destroy. Mm -hmm. Um, but who are you to judge your brother? And it's one of those things where you're like, man, I could help. I wish I could help. I wish I could help. But truly we're there to support, to pray, to give them that biblical truth. But who's mm -hmm. the true one judge, the giver of all, good or bad is God and well, he's, he's the one there to save and he's the Avenger as well mm -hmm. like he will ultimately be the one that seeks justice like yeah. it's not my job you know um and if I if I ever step in in judgment it's not to tear down it's to build up and so yeah. again that gets again gets back to motivation right like what's the motivation behind what you're saying is it because they made you mad um is it because they have a different opinion for you or is it because you want them to be more like Jesus right um, and that's, that's hard. Um, and again, you can't want others to be more like Jesus if you aren't seeking mm. to be more like Jesus. Um, 
yourself and that we can do this together yeah so to speak so good question ernie um i hope that answers your question mm -hmm. we got one more uh and um he thought it was just for me but i actually said that i'm gonna put it on him too mm. this comes from jeremiah he says was it scary when you started youth pastoring here um, at living hope church and what was it like um and really i'm gonna change your question here was it scary uh to be honest no like i i mean Caitlin and I both just knew that God was calling us here. It was very mm -hmm. clear right from the beginning. Um, we actually felt like we became a family here so fast. And, yeah. and I've only been here. Tomorrow is my two is my three year. Tomorrow yeah. is my three year anniversary. That's crazy. Um, and it feels like so much longer oh because I, I, I remember meeting so you for the first time to me with Rich yeah. and Jackie. And when we were leading during COVID, everybody's during wearing COVID masks. And... I sat at a table with you, Bo um and uh i don't even remember who was there um but but yeah like i felt like we we bonded so quickly with so mm. many people and it's an undeniable family and yeah. so man i wasn't scared if anything i was just motivated like i was ready to, to start doing some stuff and and seeing god glorified and all that and and it's one how we were received um by all of you um so i don't think it was scary but i will say that ministry is scary and, and yeah. this is where i'm going to go further <laughs> to say that ministry is always scary because it is literally walking into a line of work that you are not qualified to do you know uh, like on your own you are not qualified to save people from their sins you know uh, walking into it you are not you're not qualified to do that and so no. like you're literally stepping into a field that technically on your own you're not qualified to do um, and it, you're talking about life change and eternity change and all that that you need to allow jesus to work in you and through you um to do that and like sure it might be you might say it's like you deal with nerves before you get up on stage and you teach and, and whatever it may be but but in reality like when you consider the job itself ministry is always scary and, and i was saying this earlier that you know one of the scariest parts um which this is biblical but when you work at a church your salary is based off of the generosity of others right mm. and that's biblical i mean the bible actually says to take care of those that labor among you right mm -hmm. Um, that that lead you in faith right that are pouring into you spiritually like that is how we pay our bills you know yeah um and that can be scary sometimes that every year when the budget's evaluated uh your livelihoods in there like can i afford to feed my family can i afford to pay for a house can i afford to uh to 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 live you know and that can be scary sometimes that can be scary all the time that you know that god's going to have to provide uh, for you uh, in the midst of that and, and guys i walk through that constantly i mean i you know whether it's desiring to to own our own home on 40 acres and have the pond and the chickens and the whatever like again like that temptation is there and it's and it's hard sometimes because you know that ultimately you are you're banking on the generosity of others yeah um and and you're 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 just trusting um, that God is going to provide for you. And again, like this hit home for me last night. And I, and I said this early on that while we were teaching, while I was teaching on Aiken last night in Joshua 7, um, the, uh, the concept of us being Aiken was that came to me. Like that was not in my notes, um, but that was so powerful because I, I realized and God brought it to my mind in that message. And I shared it with you. He's speaking through me. I truly believe that. Um, but it was a message straight to me too and i and i truly believe that when you're preaching you're learning right alongside everybody else um, mm. because you're hearing what god is saying it um, really is especially making yourself. like your notes and just things like yeah. that and diving into the word it's but this wasn't even in the notes and, nope. and and what i realized was man like it's it's so easy for me god has provided for i mean if when you think of tay 
mm-hmm. like like everything that Tay went through with her heart, mm-hmm. um, and just how abundantly he provided for us, like an overabundance of love. And I'm not just talking about financial. I'm talking about people that um, people that were wanting to help the people that were helping us watch our house. Like we had multiple levels of people. Just I mean, that's the church being the church, you know, or or when you have. Um, the situation of a couple of years ago when we thought that we weren't going to have a place to live, we couldn't find anywhere. And then all of a sudden out of nowhere, God um, provides that for us. And our mm-hmm. landlord says, Hey, we're going to let you stay there. Um, you know, just, he has provided for me time and time again. He's, he's split the waters in the Red Sea. He's split the waters in the Jordan. He goes before me. He, he brings down the walls. And yet just like Aiken, I can look and go, but what if he doesn't? And I can look at like our housing situation and go, yeah, but what if he doesn't this time? Mm-hmm. Right. And, and I, man, I realized like, as I was teaching, I realized that I was aching, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it's, it's, it's human nature to, yeah. to doubt and it's human nature to want to take things into our own hands. Really and is. so it's always, it's always scary. Um, when you want to take kids to camp and you know that they can't afford to go like that's scary, you know, that, that it's going to cost money when you're managing a budget and you're wanting to do so in a worthy manner of the gospel like that is scary it's it's when other people are coming to you for spiritual advice and you need to remove your opinion like yes ministry ministry is always scary but again it's being able to act in the face of that fear and Mm -hmm. knowing that that again it's scary it's only scary if i think about having to do it on my own but God constantly reminds me to be strong, to be courageous, because He will never leave me or forsake me. That's 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 Old Testament language and New Testament language. Mm-hmm. Like that's what Jesus said too, um, that that He cries out to God in John seventeen and, and the Father and says like, I don't ask that you remove them from the world, but I ask that you protect them from the evil one. Um, and He's talking about me. He's talking about you um, in that moment. Um, and uh, man, if you just read John seventeen every day, that's Jesus praying for you. Um, and uh, so it's always scary. I mean, even our season for our church right now, a lot of you came to the to the church business meeting and you heard um, that if the trend continues, we won't meet our budget, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, and if the stats continue, we won't meet our budget. Well, how big is your faith? You know, how big is your God? Because if I know that God is using this ministry, if I know that God is changing lives through this church, that he's using us, then I know that he will provide. Yeah. I don't know what that looks like, but I know that he will. And I have to be faithful to keep moving, to keep serving, even if the statistics tell me differently, right? And that's a problem with this generation is we get so caught up on statistics that, you know, pre-game, I don't know what the numbers are right now, but I know that there's a heavy favorite in the Super Bowl. Mm. But how many times does that fail, right? And so, you know, we have to be careful and mindful of, of that and just trust that God goes above and beyond statistics. You know, you can't, you can't, um, is staticize what's the word you you can't um quantify god and mm. his work right um that that he is bigger than anything you can ever imagine that he is able to do ephesians three twenty above and beyond anything that you can ask sure or think. think so if i'm thinking about god paying off our church's debt he is able to do above and beyond that in yeah. a way that i can't even imagine and, and i have to trust that and i have to walk faithfully mm-hmm. um to know that he's going to provide if he if he provides for the flowers of the field, if he provides for um, the birds of the air, and he loves me even more, he will provide yeah. for me. He, he loves my family. He'll provide for me. And he's done it time and time again. So why would this be any different? And, I, and I've got to be very, very careful not to try and take control of him. I don't want to go 
scouring for opportunities to just try and find to just find security i want to wait for god to bring those opportunities to me and mm -hmm. i want to follow those with faithfulness um not for convenience uh, but for calling and i think that's yeah. hard and so how i want to turn this question to you um because i know that you're not a youth pastor right but if you guys don't know uh, he is stepping in uh, to lead our our men's ministry on the english side mm -hmm. right um, and here's what that includes. That includes leading men that are 40, 50, 60 years older than you, Yeah. you know, um, and you're about to tell them how to be a biblical man, you know, and you've yeah. got everybody from 14 to, to 90, you know, coming into this men's ministry. Uh, and you've, you've never really led a ministry before. Mm. Um, and it includes, it includes teaching, but it, it includes paying for stuff and, and yeah. making events and, and wanting to truly care for each person evenly. So, so what, what I want you to answer is as you're preparing for your very first event, you're, you're getting into your first ministry, what fears have you had? And then how are you, are you handling those fears mm. as they come across? Yeah. So for me, just like one of the biggest things right off that bat was that huge like aspect of it's a men's ministry. And by like quote unquote standard, like young men, like you don't really consider yourself a man. I'm not married. I don't have kids yet. Um, graduated high school three years ago now, four, four years ago. Like it's one of those things where it's like, are you like by the world standard, a man? Like, what are you? Right. Right. Um, but when you look down to the, the, the true core fundamentals um, and then biblical truth, um, Jesus was single, um, never married, never had kids. Yeah. Right. He lived on this earth for 32, 33, whatever, how many years. Right. Yeah. Um, he taught biblical truth and that was the biggest thing. Um, and it's one of those things too, with the older generation in our church is I grew up with, it was like always like kind of intimidating. It was one of those things where like, especially most of them, like they went and fought Vietnam, like things like that is like, it's one of those things where like, I've not fought in anything, but wrestled with my brother and nerf wars. Right. And it's like, yes, these men went and fought in the jungle for our country. Mm -hmm. It's one of those things like it's, a vast different category. Um, but it's at the same time, it's, it's, it's Christ and it's his love. And it's that aspect of what does a biblical man do is we are that forefront, that front line of our faith that's at home. That's in the church that is in life. And that is why uh, that name stuck out to me so much. And then, um, just going into it, it's like, I know the Lord will take care of me as long as I promote his goodness. Mm -hmm. um, if I'm there and the, they need it to fight back that evil, that darkness, if I'm there to just stand strong, be immovable, be what I can to just stand in that faith and promote goodness, the Lord will back me up all the way. Yeah. Um, and it's honestly so far been awesome. And it's one of those things where like, I thought I was going to get a lot of backlash um, just cause I'm a younger guy and from the older dudes, it's one of those things, the stigmas I think I put on myself mm -hmm. that I never actually went around and asked people. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it is just one of those funny things. Like, I never assumed, went and asked. Yeah. I just assumed I had that own stigma in my own brain. Um, but I've got nothing but positive feedback. I've got nothing but encouragement from these older guys. Um, young and old, I've got nothing but like, we got guys like Jared. We got guys like, um, just that are just like, dude, I would love that. Um, just because where I'm at in work, I don't have a godly group of men to hang around. Um, where I am in my life, I don't have those hobbies or those things that I can do that they're have those Christ-focused men in life. And it's one of those things that I've sat back at and always like waited for was a men's ministry in this church because like somebody's going to take care of it. Somebody's going to take care of it. Mm. Um, 
because I'm not qualified. I'm not qualified. I'm not equipped. Um, but I kept saying that, and then it started hitting me, and I was like, I'm that person. Yeah. I'm that person. I'm that person. Like, that's all that I felt the Holy Spirit was calling me to do. Well, and you, I mean, sometimes you need to be called out, you know? And yeah. I think, like, that's why I, I called you out. And I kind of mm-hmm. did the same thing with Jonathan with Ignite, where I just kind of said, hey, you might not see this in you, but but I see it in you. Um, and you might be like, what? Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I mean, sometimes you have to call out, call out the calls, yeah. you know? And it's one of those things where it's like, okay, Lord, like, then how do we do this? And like with our men's launch, February 10th, you guys, all the dudes 14 and up, I don't care if you're 15, I don't care if you're 90, come 6 p.m., 14th, I mean the 10th of February. Um, Getting ready for that. It's like one of those things where I don't have to take it on my own. Ministry, that's the awesome part is that we can, I think when you internalize it and think like it's just you, it gets scary. Because mm-hmm. you're like, you're right, I don't feel equipped. Yeah. I do not feel equipped all the time to do this. But it's one of those things where God blesses and it's choosing his, the blessings he gives you to how are you going to use them? Yeah. How are you going to protect them? How are you going to do what God has instilled in you? Because we have responsibilities as one men, but also just as Christ, yeah. as the body of Christ, as believers in him, we have a responsibility. Um, and well, so, and you mentioned responsibility and, and I would say like, just coming from the standard, like if you ever are intimidated it is because of the fact that scripture says that those that teach are going to be evaluated and judged on a higher mm-hmm. standard. And why? Because you are you are taking the role of of equipping disciples. Mm-hmm. And and if you continue to lie to people and to manipulate people and lead them away from Jesus, mm-hmm. you know, that's he's not going to take that kindly, you know. Yeah. I mean, look at what happened with Achan when he led people away from God's standard. And he got people killed. It did not end well for him, no. you know. And so, uh, you know, we have to be very careful that, uh, you know, for us that when you talk about responsibility, you're not just responsibility. You're not just responsible of a budget and making sure we have fun events. Like that's not what mm-hmm. you're responsible for. You're responsible for uh, the growth of people spiritually. And you cannot grow other people spiritually if you yourself aren't being grown. You cannot encourage people to dive into community if you're not diving into community. Yeah. You know. Um. And, uh, and that's, that could be scary, you know, and it you're is. right. Um, you, too many of, I love that you mentioned this because so many people look and they go, well, someone else will do it. Right? Yeah. Uh, somebody else is going to probably do that, but oh my gosh, how long does that take you yeah. know, until you're finally like, maybe I'm the one that can mm-hmm. do something, you know, and rise up and, and just be willing to say, Hey, my hands are open. Um, not, I want to do this, but Hey, what do you need to be done? And how mm-hmm. can I help uh, fill that need? You yeah. Know? And that's in our church. I mean, when you think about um, giving or when you think about uh, the kids ministry or when you think of like whatever it may be, um, maybe the best way for you to serve is by helping clean up, you know, Mm -hmm. but that's a huge thing. And it's again, it's that that humble service um, of being willing to, and and what you'll experience too is you have to humble yourself enough, which I struggled with for a long time. You have to humble yourself enough to ask for help. Yeah. And that's one of the biggest things too, like that walking into this is like, I felt I was like, I'm going to have to do everything. I have to do everything. And it's one of those things like, no, it's ministry. It's a body of Christ. Mm-hmm. You're not the body. Yeah. You are a part. And it's one of those things going into this. This is why like, I felt scared about it at first, but now it's just like the church is a team. We're together. We're here to build each other up. doesn't matter what ministry you're in. Um, you can get help from everywhere. Yeah. Um, I can get insight from children's ministry, just dealing with kids. Um, and then take that to these older men and see like that, use that as an example. You can get 
examples from everywhere, women's ministry, like the worship band, everywhere you can, the church helps each other. And that's been one of the biggest things to answer like that question and fully, is it scary to step into that, doing that new ministry, going into it? When you look at it, the aspect of it's not me, it's Christ. No. Mm -hmm. When you look at the aspect of you have all these people, this podcast alone, all the people like just putting into it and just helping out where we can, it takes weight off. Right. And ultimately God's there to take that burden off of you. Um, because ultimately we, we, he doesn't need us. Yeah. We can't do anything. Right. It's that job that we're not technically equipped not to do. We're not qualified for at all, but he gets the job done. Yeah. And that's one of the coolest things, especially just prepping for the men's launch. It's like places I've asked things I've asked or asked that help for it's been provided. Mm -hmm. Um, on your side, getting the whole page on the men's ministry, like done, like our merch our things like that. It's done. Yeah. Coming to Rich and asking him for resources of the church, um, room to to our event in, food to provide for, yeah. like, oh, how are we going to feed the guys? Go check in the fridge. We might have a bunch of stuff. Sweet. Yeah, like, just stuff like that, right? Yeah. We might already have those things that God has provided for. It's just using those blessings that he's given you resourcefully and right. Well, and how, how much are you going to limit God? And, and yeah. that's the thing, too, that... That if you, if God calls you to do something, you feel like you're called to do something, and you say no, that's not me. What you're telling God is that He's wrong, you mm -hmm. know. Um, and who's called to ministry? Everybody, right? Yeah. Like everybody that claims to follow Christ is called to ministry. That's what mm -hmm. the Great Commission is, you know. Um, and so, you know, as we kind of start to wrap up here, you know, that's a, that's that that ultimate plug of of what is most important to you. And yeah. and if you value this place, if you value um, God's truth, how much He loves you, and what He did for you you naturally serve right? like, yeah. because you want others to know that too. And you want others to see the same grace that you get to experience every single day. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I love that uh, one of the, um, I don't even remember who it is. Um, I, somebody autographed a book for me. Um, I think it was, I don't want to lie, but uh, it was a book that I have and I actually got it autographed by the author. Um, and it was, I think it was a man after God's own heart. And I met that, that author, um, George, I think is his last name, but, uh, he, instead of saying like, you're great. And then signing his name, you know, or have fun. Um, what he put on top of his signature was enjoy his grace. Mm. And then he signed his name. And that sticks with me that, that, that God's grace to you is so valuable and so sweet. It's uh, like the, the, it's the best thing about your day. Um, you naturally want to share that with others. And, and yeah. again, like when you're leading a men's ministry, you're not telling people how to be uh, a physical man or a specimen. No. Like you're just, you're, you're facilitating community yeah, and you're teaching truth. Like All right, this Sunday we're going to do 300 curls. Yeah. Like, no, you're, you're, you're <laughs> facilitating. And that's like, like for, even for me as a pastor with a youth pastor, like my main goal is to facilitate a godly community mm -hmm. and to, um, to proclaim truth. Like that's, that's what I'm doing. And I want to equip others to do the same, to facilitate community and to and to um, proclaim truth. You know, yeah. Um, whether it's in a small, um, uh, informal conversation, like last night, kids going to the um, to the living room. Um, I want people to be able to 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 proclaim truth there, um, but I also want others to be able to encourage community, like that godly community. And whether it's an online community like this, and um, you know, I know most of you listen to this when you get off of school and things like that, but um, facilitating any kind of community we have because we are all we've got, Yeah. you know, um, and believers are a very small. I mean, if you read scripture, you know, that it is a small community for those that are actually 
um, committed to following Christ, committed to sanctification in their own life, committed to discipleship, committed to serving and doing ministry. It's a small community. And you realize the more you serve in ministry, the more you realize how small that community is. Like, you know, so-and-so, oh my gosh. Um, like even this church that we're going to go serve with in San Diego just so happens to be really good friends with the guy that was my gunnery sergeant who became a church planter in Oceanside. Like that doesn't, that doesn't just happen. It's a small community, you know? And when you realize that you realize, man, we've got to get, we've got work to do. Um, and so you can keep sitting idly by, um, or you can step up and say, even if I'm not a pastor, there's still so much that I can do. Mm-hmm. Um, and not because I have to, but because man, when I just look at what Jesus did for me, I want other people to know about that. And if for kids to know about that, I have to hand out goldfish at VBS this summer. Sign me up, you know, mm-hmm. um, what do you value most where your treasure is or your heart will be also. Absolutely. Yeah. So th- I appreciate that. And I know that was like on the spot, like you didn't really get to prepare for that, but, um, but it's true. Like whether you're like Manny back there, um, doing the mothership or, or you're out in the front teaching, like it takes a lot and we're all we have. Um, and, and it, as long as our motivation is, is to proclaim truth and to facilitate community and encourage community focused on Jesus and what he would say, mm-hmm. um, that's what ultimately is going to bring the most glory. I mean, we want more people mm-hmm. to worship God, right? Missions exist because worship does not, you know? Yep. Um, and so we're on a mission um, to to encourage more worshipers, and yep. and uh, you're a part of that mission. If you, the second that you became a Christian, you became a part of that mission. You became a disciple of Jesus that needs growth, um, so that way you can you can encourage others to do the same. So yeah. So um, thank you so much for all those that send in questions to our mailbag. Uh, we're gonna do the mailbag every week, um, mm-hmm. and uh, we'll we'll have a different topic. I already know what we're talking about next week because we got the super bowl coming yeah and so we're gonna be talking about my Sports. my guy i'm Brilliant. not a i'm not a 49ers fan however their their quarterback loves jesus and so we're gonna talk next week um come join us because we're gonna be talking about man how do you do that like how mm-hmm. especially in athletics when we talk about this the, the biggest stage in sports right um when it comes to football how is he gonna step into that arena with the right motivation <laughs> Yeah. And, 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 and really like the right head, the right space. Um, and, uh, man, that's, that's going to be tough. And so we're going to talk about, I mean, we have a lot of athletes in our youth group. And so how do you become successful on the field court, whatever stepping into arena, the biggest stages in the world? How do you do that? But take stay grounded and fight. Yeah. Like, yeah. how do you do that? And so we're going to, I'm so ex- excited about that. Uh, go chiefs, but, uh, I'm so excited about that. Um, and, uh, I'm looking forward to, to talking about that. And I yeah. bet that's even a topic that we can get Manny involved in, um, as well back there on the Manny cam, because, uh, we got a lot of athletes in this church and it's, it's really easy for, for you to think you're great, um, yeah. and, and take the attention. So, uh, thank you all so much for joining us. Um, new setup. I think it worked out pretty good. I didn't see any comments come through about echoing or anything like that. All I saw was, was Bo say audio good. So that, that's, that's telling me we're good. Uh, so regardless of where you're listening, when you're listening, Thank you so much. Again, this is the NG Podcast. We are about yeah. telling the next generation how to be the next generation. Um, and uh, we hope you enjoyed it. And we will see you next time. Signing off. We'll see you okay. guys. Thank you, guys.